and welcome to The Trusted Advisor, a channel-focused podcast and video series powered by the Retail Solution Providers Association. I'm Jim Roddy, your host for today. Thank you so much for joining us. This pod and video series is designed specifically for point-of-sale resellers and software developers, and our goal is to educate you on the topics of technology, leadership, management, sales, marketing, and other small business best practices. This is a special episode of The Trusted Advisor, a COVID-19 crisis community roundtable of VARs, ISVs, vendors, distributors, and other solution providers serving the retail, restaurant, and grocery markets. This is roundtable number three that we've recorded about this crisis. And just for perspective, we're recording this on Wednesday, April 15th, um, and want to share that because this situation uh, continues to change. Our first two roundtables really dealt with the immediacy of the crisis. Um, how are uh, VARs and ISVs and vendors handling the work from home? How are they communicating with employees and merchants? Today, what we want to do is talk about how are uh, RSPA members, how are the solution providers utilizing the federal resources like the CARES Act, the Paycheck Protection Program, the EIDL, the Emergency uh, Disaster Loans? Uh, how are they adjusting their sales and marketing? And then what staffing levels have they adjusted and how are they changing their service tactics? Uh, this is going to be an open forum and information sharing discussion detailing how solution providers are navigating this crisis. And please note the views and opinions expressed during this roundtable are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the Retail Solution Providers Association. Also, we've asked everyone on today's call to avoid sales pitches and they will be identified uh, when they speak for the benefit of our listeners. Uh, before we get going, we do want to have a couple things we want to share with you, some resources. First, we want to thank our sponsors because they make this podcast possible, along with all the other RSPA services. Um, and we've created several of those services to assist you during the COVID-19 crisis. And we want to share some of those. And again, thanks to our sponsors, Blue Star, Heartland, ScanSource, and Shift4 Payments. Um, and so the RSPA, one of the services that we have is uh, members have unlimited phone consultations with RSPA legal counsels, Bob Goldberg and Jill Miller, along with access to legal templates and the opportunity to have contracts reviewed. I know they've been super busy uh, during this crisis, logging a lot of long days, 12, 14, sometimes 18 hour days, fielding phone calls and emails and answering them all. Uh, and again, these are RSPA, these are retail IT industry experts uh, you're able to have unlimited phone and email conversations, access to legal templates, and there's no charge for RSPA members to access uh, that resource. Uh, also, through an initiative with National Provider Group Management Services, also known as GMS, RSPA members receive preferred rates on a variety of HR services, including employer risk management, federal, state, and local HR law compliance assistance, employee performance management, payroll, employee benefits administration and more and like it says on the gms website do what you do best and outsource your hr to gms and one of the guidelines legal counsel bob goldberg has given lean on your legal counsel lean on your hr uh, provider lean on your accountant because a lot of these programs are new they're changing they're open to interpretation and you want to make sure you lean on those professionals for more information on gms you can reach out to membership at gorspa.org and that email address is really the key to unlocking a lot of these RSPA uh, services. Again, that's membership at gorspa.org. Uh, also, the RSPA has created several resources to help solution providers navigate the COVID-19 webinar. 
the COVID-19 crisis. We've uh, produced webinars, again, with Attorney Goldberg, also with HR direct, uh, Director and RSPA Chairperson Chelsea Paulson. Uh, so they had a webinar about communication. Uh, Bob held one about the CARES Act. We've posted, I think to date, 13 or 14 posts on the RSPA blog. We have the RSPA Trusted Advisor podcast. We've also put together guides for small business resources for VARs and ISVs. We also have one for merchants that VARs and ISVs can put on their website and point their merchants towards uh, as well. So lots of resources to really help you navigate this difficult time. And again, the RSPA team is all invested in this. They're all uh, participating in this call today and we're always a phone call or an email away uh, to help you. And the community itself has been super generous and help us build a lot of these resources, one of them being what we call restaurant rescue. So online ordering is gonna be vital to sustain the restaurant industry in the near term during this pandemic. And so restaurant rescue is a list of member companies uh, with digital ordering initiatives and related technologies that can help VARs and ISVs provide solutions quickly to merchants in need. And I can say the team has been having uh, conversations with our solution provider members over the past several weeks. And many of them have moved forward on this and are really helping out a lot of these restaurants in need. And many of the products that are listed are being offered at a significant discount for limited time to assist restaurants in distress. For those who are viewing this, this is simply a, a partial screen grab. Uh, we have over 40 companies who are participating in this. And just follow that URL, uh, gorspa.org forward slash crisis hyphen resources. Okay, so those are the resources. And again, we have uh, online today over 70 individuals who are attending uh, this session, really appreciate uh, folks weighing in. So let's rock and roll. And again, the topics that we're hoping to cover today, um, and we'll go in any order uh, that the audience wants because we really wanna follow in terms of what they're thinking. So first is how are members pursuing and utilizing the new federal government resources? Uh, again, the CARES Act, the Paycheck Protection Program, things like that. What's actually happening with a practical application of that. Uh, also, how are members adjusting their sales and marketing approach during the COVID-19 crisis? And then how are members adapting their staffing levels and their service tactics during this pandemic? So uh, that is, we are set up, uh, good to go. And now we are ready to uh, take some questions uh, here for the conversation today. Um, and why don't we start off, Rick, you were the first to line up for this. Uh, Rick Fueling from Wright in Sartell, Minnesota. I guess, can you share with us um, in terms of what of the resources from the federal government that you have applied for? And uh, if you don't mind sharing what the status is on that, please. Yeah, sure, thanks, Jim. Uh, so we've been pretty laser focused on the PPP. Uh, there's a lot of different um, things, whether it relates to employees, you know, furloughing them or giving them paid time off, et cetera. But when the dust settled, the PPP, uh, was the biggest opportunity. So the first thing that we did is dedicate one person from our team, from our administrative team to kind of be the quote unquote expert and spearhead it. Um, that paid dividends, you know, making one person responsible for it. Um, and, uh, you know, connected with our bank who luckily is a kind of a regional bank. We've done business with them for a long time. So it felt like we kind of we're able to maybe budge in line a little bit. Um, and we were well organized. And, and as a result, we've received our money for the PPP today, which is 
substantial. It's a strange, it's a strange feeling. I've never just had, uh, you know, a six figure, you know, amount of money appear in my bank account, but that's, that's where it is. So. Got it. And and can you talk about, so that seems like it's a very quick turnaround, Rick, like yeah. did that surprise you or is this what you expected? Uh, I mean, it's the government. So it's shocking to me how fast a lot of this stuff has happened. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm at, frankly kind of blown away how fast this all worked. All right. And then what are your next steps with it? And like, did you first, did you run into any obstacles and what are your next steps uh, for what you do, you know, with those funds or with any applying for any other government programs? Or is that kind of the end of the line for you? Um, I mean, we, we evaluated a quite a bit of this stuff and I mean, I, I could be wrong about some of this, but it seems like all of the other options that where there's, where there's a potentially large benefit would be double dipping. So um, I don't know, you know, we're going to keep our eyes open. I think this crisis is going to continue for a while longer. And as a result, um, you know, there's probably going to be other things here to, to keep, you know, for everybody to keep their eyes on in terms of what we're doing. Um, you know, it's, we're looking at this as an opportunity to double down. So there's lots and lots and lots of rainy day projects that we've really wanted to and needed to do not like things where what, that would be nice. It's more like, hey, this is really strategically important to our business, but we have to make decisions about what we're going to do right now. So we didn't do those things. Now's a great opportunity. So, um, you know, we, we furloughed only one person and, and that was because they requested it. And I actually talked to Bob about that and he said, well, honor their request. Because as far as I'm concerned, there's work to do. Uh, they, and in their case, they were part of our sales team, and that is going to be a rough patch. And there's accelerated unemployment for those people. Uh, one interesting tidbit is that we, when we applied for the PPP, we actually did not report all of our staff. And you don't have to. It's optional that, you know, we have X number of employees. We reported less so that when it comes time for them to evaluate whether or not we've retained all of our staff, uh, that bar will actually be a little bit easier for us to jump over. You know, who knows what happens in between now and then. Somebody gets sick, whatever. Um, so, um, yeah, uh, as far as we're concerned, it's uh, full steam ahead. Got it. And just uh, to clarify the point, you said if you don't uh, report everybody, you might get less money to start off with, but the retention factor is better. Am I understanding that correctly? It, exactly right. And, and that's one of the advantages of, you know, we dedicated one person from our team and they brought that up and it didn't seem right. It seemed counterintuitive. It's like, Hey, let's get every last drop. But it, it was really like, uh, well, the benefit is marginal, but the risk is this. So here's my recommendation. And so, and we, we ended up doing that. We excluded, I think two staff members just to kind of hedge the risk a little bit. Got it. Great. Thank you, Rick. Appreciate that. Uh, Dwayne Sims. Uh, you have a question as well, and I guess, Dwayne, if you could just share uh, what uh, business uh, that you are with as well. Uh, out of uh, Ashland, Virginia. And um, my question is, for instance, with the PPP, you know, obviously you're supposed to, you know, keep the same number of employees. But does anybody know what happens if you have an employee 
that voluntarily leaves on their own, then do you just have to replace that person? Um, that, that, that was one of the questions that I had. Got it. Okay. And so we'll throw that out to the group. Also, Dwayne, have you applied for any of these uh, programs as well? I guess since we have you on the line, if you can share some of those, we'll see what the community uh, weighs in on, on your question. But have you gone through, what have you applied for so far, if anything? I've applied for the PPP. I had to apply through my local bank. Um, of course, they were bombarded when this thing first came out. They're still bombarded. Um, you know, it's been such times where their website, you know, it's been so many people going on that it's actually crashed. Um, but it's a local bank here. Um, and I've worked very closely with the, um, with, with one of the bankers there. Um, and I have, I applied over a week ago, but she's been calling me and she just said, Hey, you know, they just started. Uh, releasing funds, I want to say this week, uh, we haven't received anything yet, um, okay. haven't received any emails yet either, but that's kind of where we are right now. Okay, and any obstacles along the way? Like I'm thinking any advice for anybody who hasn't moved forward on the programs yet, any guidance that you can give them, Dwayne? Well, one of the things that we had to do, the, the bank uh, information that we had to send in from what I understand, it varies from bank to bank. So we pretty much obviously had to, you know, give them tax returns. I don't know how the other banks have worked. Um, we had to give them tax returns, uh, you know, uh, payroll. We do our process of payroll through ADP. Um, and again, we're still waiting. Now, I've had a my best friend who's a big time farmer. Um, he applied the day of. Uh, he got his money that afternoon. I mean, the day that it started. Wow. But, wow. You know, but I think he also had had, an, he told me that he had had an SBA loan. So whether that sped the process up or not, but um, but I've been talking to several, several other friends who have businesses, but I haven't talked to anybody yet that's gotten funded yet. And it's probably been, Jim, it's probably been about a week or so for us since our application has been in. Okay. Well, thank you for that. And I was going to say, we should uh, hook you up with Rick so you have someone who you've met uh, uh, who's been funded. So thank you uh, for that, Dwayne. Thanks for sharing your perspective. And Kathy, if we can go next to uh, Lance Bell from Serving Intel. Uh, so I'll say two things before Lance, uh, I think he has an answer to Dwayne's question. And then also Dwayne, uh, uh, for questions like that, uh, bounce it off your legal counsel, your accountant, uh, bounce it off RSP legal counsel, Bob Goldberg, uh, just to uh, be sure. So you, we can have other folks leading you in the right direction, but for specific things like this, um, it's always good to get that, uh, that affirmation as well. But uh, Lance, hey, welcome, good to have you here. Hey Jim, how are you? Outstanding. Always good to oh, talk to you. Uh, you said you have an answer to uh, the Doyne's question about if you have an employee who leaves on their own, how does that affect the, uh, the PPP? It is absolutely by headcount. It's not by people. And, and that's part of the SBA application. It's, it's, there's two pages you fill out, two pages of TNC. And on the top right of the first page is a big box. And you put in the number of U.S. employees you had on, I believe it's February 15th, a very specific day. And that's, that's your bogey. 
And so what if for, for forgiveness, which is the next stage of this three to six months down the road, how much of your loan is written off, how many people you have employed during this time frame ties back to that. First, first part being headcount, and then second part being actual payroll spent. And 75% of the money needs to be towards payroll and payroll costs. Got it, thank you for that. And so you've been through the process, is that right, Lance? Well, I've been all over this the minute anything turned on, and I've, I've got a two, two short stories to share. One is we began this process with Chase Bank, J.P. Chase Morgan, and they are an absolute nightmare. Um, we, we have two banking relationships, one Chase National, and the other is a local business bank called Cornerstone. And um, Cornerstone, I, I, Chase, uh, last Friday, said you can, one, apply with as many banks as you want, the first bank to get the SBA approval number that's tied to your federal tax ID number wins the business. And, and the banks are getting 100 basis points. They're getting 1% of this. So it's a lot of money for the banks. So they're, I think the smaller banks are more organized and better motivated. So Monday morning of this week, I applied with Cornerstone. They got everything done yesterday in three email exchanges, and I got our money today. Chase still refuses to return an email or, or communicate. So, so if you're, I, I hear Bank of America is doing a great job. So B of, B of A is the only large bank to have any level of success. Uh, your your local regional business bank, they're cranking on these things now. And it's a very, it's a very simple process. Got it, thank you. And before we let you go, Lance, uh, Tim asked a question, are part-time employees part of the are part of the required as part of the required list. I don't know yeah, if you know that uh, answer. I have, we, we have two two part-time and 31 full-time as of February this month. And, and that was one of the things that you went back and forth on, but it really doesn't matter. It's headcount. And so, and so whatever you, 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 as the earlier gentleman said, I believe from Minnesota, you, you know, I, I, our number was 33 USD members. You could go with 15, you go with 20, you go with whatever you want. We got nearly half a million dollars through this PPP program. So, so, so it's a blessing. I don't know why you would, assuming that most, if not all of it, is going to be written off. I don't know why you'd want to shortchange it. But the actual amount you get is based on average payroll and payroll costs from all of 2019. Everything is January 1 to December 31st of 2019 has been what the banks are actually wanting in order to calculate your average payroll month. And then it's times 2.5. Got it. Thank you, Lance. Really appreciate that uh, information. Here to serve. Great, thank you. And uh, uh, Tim, hopefully that answered your question. And again, no offense to Lance, no offense to anybody on this call. Uh, so he's steering in the right direction. Uh, double check that with your accountant, uh, because for one thing, things continue uh, to change with this. In fact, Bob uh, Goldberg let us know that there have been a couple uh, changes, like for example, the EIDL, before it was you get a $10,000 grant and that change on April 6th, the SBA decided to make it a $1,000 cap per employee with a maximum of $10,000 for that specific grant. So that's different of how things were presented. So appreciate Lance sharing that, but again, make sure that you check and get uh, updated. So Kathy, if we can go next to Ben Williams from TouchMate, because Ben, you have a story about your application process from a big bank uh, perspective. Ben, how are you, sir? Doing great, Jim. Thanks for the opportunity. Just just wanted to, to echo what was just said. 
we we deal with a very large bank and unfortunately uh, i guess they're in another world uh, they haven't even started accepting applications yet which has caused me today to walk one block down the street to a very small local bank and sit down with the president of that bank and talk about uh, getting our ppp application in he uh he sent me out the door with his application uh he's going to get it back in the morning and he assures me that they can process these in one day consistent with what you've heard so i guess the the moral of this story is beware of big banks the other thing you, you just mentioned uh, about bob goldberg we had applied for the $10,000 grant under the EIDL program. We got an email back from SBA, which I was astounded at, which acknowledged our application and informed us of this change where you will only get $1,000 per employee up to the max of $10,000. Uh, mm. Some excuse about that would spread the money further. Uh, but in any case, uh, I. I've been really surprised. I've heard from several uh, people that I know in the business who have similar stories about quick processing and actually already having the money. So if anybody out there is holding back, waiting to send these in, I would say you're you're wasting your own money. Get the stuff in. Got it. Ben, thank you very much. Uh, we appreciate that. Uh, let's go next to Mike Maudlin. Uh, Mike is with uh, CNM, a, uh, a very sharp reseller uh, in the Midwest, uh, Mike and I have uh, known each other for a few years. Big into into managed services. Uh, Mike, welcome. Can you talk about your experience in filling out uh, the PPP and receiving the funds, if you don't mind? Yes, sir. Thanks, Jim. Uh, yes, it was very simple for us. Our we called our bank and just talked to them about it. Um, they gave us the forms. We filled them out uh, actually on a Monday. Had them back to them on a Monday. And then on Tuesday, we already received our funds uh, from them on a, on that Tuesday. So it was within a day, very quick, very fast, very easy um, to do. I just called my accountant, told her what we're looking for. She forwarded it to me. We just filled in the blanks, sent it in, done. Got it. And did, is this an existing bank that you had a relationship with? Is it a big bank, small bank? Can you give some color there, if you don't mind? It's No, it's a small bank. They have about seven locations, uh, so it's just kind of a local bank for us. We've been doing business with them for 20-some years uh, with them, so it was very cut dry, very easy. Um, once I gave them the forms, boy, they did everything else for me. I just sit back and, and just check their bank account the next day, so... Got it. Great. Thank you. Any other stories that you want to share or, or guidelines for anybody who's listening to this call now? Not yet. Just taking it day by day and uh, listening to uh, different dealers like this. This is a great opportunity for all of us to get our minds together, heads together, and uh, you know, work together as a team. Got it. Great. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate you weighing in. And we're going to take a couple more comments uh, on the new federal government resources, and then we want to get some uh, questions, some perspectives about sales and marketing and staffing levels. So next, if we can go to Mick McGrath, uh, who is with WorldPay FIS. Uh, Mick, you had a note that you wanted to share uh, about some details of uh, resource. Mick. Yeah, good afternoon, Jim. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. Thanks for uh, taking the time to uh, have me participate. <clears throat> yeah, I just wanted to mention more of an FYI uh, late yesterday, uh, the White House announced that they were 
formating a putting in place a bipartisan coalition of industry group leaders to assist the White House in creating um, recovery plans for the country amid the COVID crisis. Um, and it's going to spread across a lot of different verticals and have some of the most prominent people in our country participate in this coalition. So more on that, you can go to White House Gov and uh, you should be uh, seeing more press releases on it uh, probably this evening in uh, the nightly news. Got it, great. And again, that's whitehouse.gov and that will uh, get folks access. Is that correct, Mick? Correct. Thanks, Got Jim. Got it. Wonderful. Yeah, thank you. And hope to uh, hope to see you again in Durango soon once uh, we're able to travel. Beautiful, beautiful part of the country. Love to have you. Wonderful. All right. Uh, so two more notes. So one is uh, Rick, just uh, Rick Fueling, who spoke earlier, uh, just had a note uh, for Lance and for everybody. He says, if you have someone that joined your team two weeks just prior to this thing started, this was an example of a couple people on our team. Very little benefit keeping them in the listing. Very expensive if the headcount goes down. So that kind of explains uh, the method behind uh, what Rick was doing there. Um, and then the last note is before we uh, start talking about a couple other different topics, uh, one note that Bob Goldberg had his advice he's giving to resellers are apply quickly, the funds are running out and Congress has not yet agreed on additional funds. So this is, I think, as folks are referring to it as COVID-3. Um, and so there's an amount of funds that have been allocated for that. And obviously some folks on this call have received theirs already. So if you're listening to this, either live or on demand, uh, make sure you follow the guidance of what some of your uh, fellow RSPA members are doing. Talk with your accountant, talk with your bank, fill out the forms, uh, get everything uh, in motion going forward. All right. Uh, so now I'm hoping we can talk about how members are adjusting their sales and marketing approaches during the crisis, and then also how members are adapting their uh, staffing levels and service tactics during the crisis. So please line up if you would uh, with your questions using the question function. We only have one question in there uh, right now. So uh, please, if we can do that, or I think I'll start calling on some folks uh, who might be on this call, but please, if you could line up. And uh, Kathy, if we can turn it over first to uh, Barbara Lewis. Um, she was uh, asking a question related to online ordering. Barbara, if you can tell folks uh, what uh, business you're with and what part of the country you're in, please. Barbara Lewis, are you there? Sorry about that. I'm Barb Lewis from Pennsylvania. Um, yeah, I, I've seen a lot of the resources for the restaurants, which are awesome, but we're having trouble coming up with a plan for our non-restaurant businesses to move their inventory or items for like curbside pickup and stuff that would work for non-restaurants. I didn't know if anybody else had any luck with anything or... Got it. So you're asking if there are other folks on the line here who know about um, online ordering e-commerce, I guess, solutions for, and is it retail? Uh, is that essentially what you're looking for, that kind of business? Yeah, retail or hybrid retail restaurants, that kind of thing, because a lot of them are moving to, they also uh, take, you can order like food products from some of these businesses as well now not really um, restaurant order, what we would consider restaurant. And then the other part of that would be, how do we also um, protect our residual with it? Because it seems a lot of the programs pretty much knock us out. 
Got it. Okay. So what we will do, Barbara, you've, thank you for sharing. We've posed that question to the group. Um, and one thing I'll say to my, uh, we will, the RSPA does, uh, we will look either Ashley Nagy or Michael Millard, one of our member services managers, uh, whoever um, is responsible for taking care of your business. They will see who they can help out from that standpoint. I love volunteering other people for work. Uh, but that's something that we do every day inside of the RSPA is help folks make those connection. So we'll do that offline, and then we'll also see if other folks have um, uh, shared that information. Uh, Steve Silberman uh, from MPI POS in Delaware. Uh, it looks like you might have some insight on what Barbara is uh, looking for in terms of a product and what could that, that could mean to her business. Steve, are you there? Yes. Thank you, Jim. And um, thank you, Barbara, sir. great question. Um, I think that it would be helpful if anybody's interested to reach out to me. You can go through Jim to get my contact information. There are some online ordering systems that might be something you can tie in. One of the ones that we're using right now is called Menu Drive, which connects to nine different point of sale systems, some legacy, some iPad based. Um, what's nice is you are able to kind of protect your processing revenue. It's not a great money maker as far as you know residual on the monthly cost but it's really more of a matter of keeping your customers healthy and getting them to you know bring dollars into their businesses which is good for everybody right keeping them open um, there are e-commerce solutions as well to think about uh, something that we've recently adapted is we're using shopify and i know that might be a dirty word to some of the um, VARs on the uh, the call, but there are many other solutions to think about like WooCommerce, BigCommerce, or even Magento that integrate with lots of different point of sale software systems, in which case you can make a residual on the monthly fee. And there are ways to tie in your processing as well if you're offering credit card processing. Um, Happy to answer any questions that anyone has if they'd like to reach out to me and uh, provide that information so you can protect your business as well. Great, thank you, Steve. And uh, if folks want to connect with Steve or anybody on this call, or again, anybody inside of the association, um, the email address that unlocks all those uh, services, membership at gorspa.org, and the team will uh, take care of you. And also, Barbara, to your point where we do have that uh, RSPA restaurant rescue, um, several folks I know that are listed on there from an online ordering standpoint don't only serve restaurants. So feel free to browse on that list. Uh, again, you might have to do uh, some additional clicking, but there are some folks on there who have both, uh, you know, uh, online ordering for restaurants and also an e-commerce uh, solution as well. So. Wonderful, hope that answered your question. Again, we'll get you more information from an RSPA standpoint. And again, if anybody else wants to line up, uh, please uh, feel free to submit your question, anything you're doing from a sales, sales and marketing standpoint uh, or a servicing standpoint. Uh, we do have Thomas Greenman uh, from Skirla's POS Solutions in Anchorage, Alaska. Uh, this is why I just said hello to everybody as opposed to good afternoon, uh, because Thomas, I think it's still uh, in the morning. Uh, as we're recording this on, on Wednesday afternoon, April 15th. Hello, Thomas. Thomas Greenman, are you there? Oh, oh, I'm you. Oh, we got you now. 
Thomas, are you there? All right, so maybe Thomas is not uh, there. Um, uh, anybody else who would want to weigh in? Again, we're uh, looking to see, um, to get everybody to have a chance to uh, contribute. Uh, it looks like Thomas is uh, back. Thomas, are you with us? Jim, could you have him raise his hand? He's signed in a number of times and I, oh, okay, I got it now. Okay. Thomas. Thomas. I'm here. Hey, great. And uh, you wanted to share with us uh, Skrilla's uh, marketing approach. I guess if you can give first uh, folks a quick overview of what Skrilla's is and then talk about some of the things you're doing. Sure. So um, Skrilla's, we're a small, medium business, uh, more focused on uh, credit card processing and uh, point of sale. Um, so we cover a huge uh, geographic region of Alaska, the entire state but uh, relatively small um, in people percentage. We're less than a million people. Our staff are about seven full-time employees, six or seven. Um, so geographically and statistically, that's kind of where we fit. Um, so a lot of our challenges and our customers' challenges, we already kind of know. Um, so I'll skip all that. But um, what we're seeing from a marketing perspective is kind of we're full steam ahead, more or less. Um, we've got the time dedicated to being able to create new marketing materials, but we're kind of pivoting in a lot of ways to the new opportunities that are out there for us. Um, so we've been traditionally been a lot, pretty heavy in the restaurant realm, not so much in the retail aspect of it. Um, so we're we're trying to look at other technologies that we can deploy out there to our restaurateurs and uh, retailers as well. Um, we're having a lot of conversations with our customers from a, you know, uh, retention aspect of, of things uh we've we're having more conversations longer conversations uh more meaningful types of uh discussions than we ever have uh we really see this as the prime time to be talking to your customers um they've got the time you've got the time as well really you should be you know reaching out to them and talking to them about what you're doing what they're doing really just trying to come up with something that works for everybody you know maybe you've got a solution that works for them Maybe they're trying something that you can pass that advice off to another customer and say, hey, this is working for them. Why don't you try this, like online ordering or uh, other different stuff? Uh, we're getting into creating videos um, as well, like instructional videos on how to do things. So we're really trying to think outside the box as far as getting people adapted to the new norm, so to speak. Got it. And how do you approach those conversations? You might have touched on it earlier in terms of, is it, I mean, it seems like it'd be less of a hard sell and it's more of a, let me introduce this to you for consideration. Am I understanding that correctly? In a lot of ways, yeah. Some of it's just, you know, hey, we're just checking in with you. Is there anything that we can help you with? You know, just kind of let that conversation start off organically and just kind of see where they're at. Um, <laughs> I've actually got a kind of interesting story to tell. Um, yeah. So one of our restaurant tours, they're 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 known for their pies, uh, but they kind of shut down because in their mind, they really were more of a breakfast place, um, and it was kind of a, a an interesting kind of setup. I I was about to call them, and I got a call from a hotel. So the hotel has a has a restaurant in the hotel. They're pretty busy. I didn't think they were going to be busy, but they they're busier than they than they've ever been because of people being quarantined that are traveling into town. And so I was talking to her just, you know, 
just very real conversations, you know, just kind of on the fly about, you know, hey, I've got another call I've got to jump off to, you know, she's making pies, that sort of stuff. And she was like, you know, we don't make pies, but we would love to have pies. So it was almost like, hey, if I can convince them to come back open and sell pies, I've already got a buyer for it. And so, so I went to the, this customer and, uh, the person that makes the pies is, uh, the owner's mother and she, you know, she's, she's older. Um, I guess she'd had some health issues or whatever, had some concerns, but she really gave him some food for thought that, you know, maybe she would open and sell pies to other restaurants because maybe, you know, pies are a little bit more complicated. Um, you know, not something that a lot of, co uh, restaurants have experience making, but uh, who doesn't like comfort food in this time? Um, so a lot of these kind of things are really cool kind of conversations where, you know, we're talking about things that maybe they would never, ever consider. Um, you know, it's a global pandemic. Pandemic. Nobody considered what what we're at now. Um, so yeah. it's really, everybody's thinking outside the box. So I, I'm kind of like a conduit of, of ideas, kind of sharing what what's working for these customers and just kind of collecting stories and, kind of figuring out a best way to organize them and kind of, you know, what can I do? How can I help? You know, what are other people doing that's working really well and how can I pass that on to somebody else? So um, it's kind of unique, yeah. um, but it's kind of where we're at. And, you know, I, I really I love these conversations I'm having with customers. Um, sometimes they kind of devolve into more personal things. Um, you know, sometimes it's a 30 minute conversation. Yeah. And I just let them talk. I mean, they need to, talk to somebody and um it's great it's i feel so much like once this is all behind us we will have developed some of the best relationships with these customers ever um and that's retention if you want to put it into a financial yeah. term you know yeah but and if i can keep you for another minute longer it seems like the big thing is number one reaching out like picking up the phone and reaching out and then um because folks are separated and they're stressed out and to have somebody to talk to is kind of the biggest thing that they need right now. And then if you can give them, like you said, sharing the collective wisdom of what you're gathering, resellers right now are talking to a whole bunch of restaurateurs in distress, but these restaurateurs don't have the ability to talk to all sorts of other restaurateurs in distress. So to let them know that they're not in and alone and maybe give them some guidance in terms of how to make the best of the situation. Am I stating that accurately? Is that part of what you know, you're doing and what your team is doing uh, there at Skirless? Jim, you're always accurate. Um, I think I'll draw another par parallel. Uh, you know, some of the, the previous people on this call talking about, you know, the small banks being much more of a resource than larger corporations. I really feel that as a as a reseller, you know, our strength is our people, um, you know, and it really is going to be something that as a restaurateur, retailer, you know, small mom, pop, you know, even medium, you know, they're going to understand that these were the relationships that mattered. The big corporations didn't really make that big an effect on them but people like our vendors and resellers that you know were small that were attentive that listened to them that you know responded you know in a prompt manner you know the people that was the big difference and i think people are going to remember that for a long time yes very good thank you thomas and as, uh, as one reseller told me they're going to remember one way or the other whether you were there for them or whether you uh ignored them or whether you were not there for them. So now is certainly the time uh, to do that. Um, and so Nicole was asking a question. Can you spell the name of his company? Uh, Skurla's, S-K-U-R-L-A uh, apostrophe S. 
um, and you just uh, do a Google search for them, or again, membership at GoRSPA.org. We're happy to make those uh, introductions for you. Uh, let's go back to Dwayne Sims. Uh, Dwayne, you were talking, you wanted to share a point in terms of uh, the sales, the new products that you have been selling uh, to restaurants to help them get through uh, this pandemic. So, uh, Dwayne Sims, back to you, please. Yeah, Jim. One of the things that because uh, we <clears throat> The majority of the restaurants that we deal deal with are sit-down restaurants, uh, not restaurants that have drive-through. Uh, so one of the things that we've been uh, calling customers up and um, just started doing was selling tablets because uh, they do, obviously, the only thing they can really do is curbside and pickup. So they're able to, for the customer to pull up, some of them are just putting signs out, you know, uh, curbside pickup. Uh, we're setting the tablets up to run the credit cards on, so um, that that's been um, kind of beneficial for us for the last couple of weeks. You know, sell, you know, selling um, more more tablet solutions. And is that something that was already on your line card, and you're just selling more of it? And did you offer it? Or did people come to you? I guess if you can share some of those dynamics to to help other folks understand how to make those sales to help out their their restaurant merchants. Well, it was kind of funny because. At the beginning, uh, you know, when we were trying to sell the tablets, they really weren't that interested. Um, but since the COVID-19, uh, two things, um, the online ordering and the tablets, we, we had uh, pretty, you know, pretty, especially with the online ordering, we had really good success. Um, and um, starting to call some, again, some of the customers up and, you know, presenting the tablet solution, we've got one Mexican restaurant here, they ended up doing all three of their restaurants with tablets. Mm. And, and, with, and with that too, Jim, you're able to, we were also able to put in access points, which was another form of revenue to, you know, to set up, you know, to purchase an access point, put that up and obviously get the service, you know, service call or labor for, for setting that up. Great. Thank you, Dwayne. Appreciate you sharing uh, those details. And again, this is an opportunity to help and then also build long-term um, you know, income uh, for yourself. Uh, Mike Maudlin, uh, you uh, wanted to add a point on in terms of uh, what you're doing from a phone order standpoint. So again, Mike Maudlin from CNM, welcome back. Yes, thank you, Jim. Yes, what we've been doing is we work with a lot of the uh, mom-and-pop locations also that does not have online ordering. So to help them out, we work with another local company. Um, I'll be glad to forward all that stuff to Jim so I don't uh, uh, create a sponsorship here for them. But uh, what we've did is we utilize their product where we actually take the phone orders when they come into the point of sale. There's an option and they're integrating it to most of the major point of sale guys where they can punch in their phone number in the point of sale. It will send that check data price, everything to their mobile phone, that customer then can pay from their mobile phone. Um, so that way the restaurants now are ensuring that they're getting their money up front, have the food ready. They uh, do the curbside pickup. All they got to do is show the phone, hey, here's my order. I've already paid for it. They take it out to them. So this is helping the, the businesses that um, just don't have that online presence. They can do the phone orders. Um, from their point of sale system, get their payments in, uh, ensure that they have everything that they need. So that's really been big for us with our mom and pop sites. 
Interesting. Can I ask how quickly can you go from you just learned about this to actually an implementation for it? Like we're, again, recording this podcast on April 15th. If somebody, you know, talks to the company today, how quickly, how quickly are you able to turn that around? How quickly do you think somebody could turn that around? They've been turning around for us very quick. We've been even remotely deploying it. We're here in the Kansas City area. I've got a group of restaurants clear down the Tennessee area. We deployed seven of them within one day for this feature that they can use now at all their locations. So for them, onboarding um, probably depends on, you know, I don't want to speak for them, but once they don't get swamped with uh, 100 people hitting them all at the same time, they've been they've been really good for us right now, especially since they're local right down the street from us. I can walk in their door, get it done, call them, get it done. Um, but everything that we've been doing is all remote. I haven't had to you know, run into my uh, customers' locations at all to set any of this up. So that's how easy it is. Got it. Wonderful. Thank you, Mike. And again, uh, we have a few minutes left. If anybody wants to share uh, some of their sales and marketing approaches during this crisis or what they're doing from a staffing and, and service standpoint, uh, just submit a question and we will uh, get you uh, on the air here. I don't know if that's the actual right podcast term. I just feel like I'm back in my uh, talk radio days. We're uh, back on the air. Um, I do see in the room here, uh, John Gunn from Fast Sensor. And so, John, if you are in the room, and uh, we're able to unmute you. I just wanted to see if you wanted to take a minute because there's a theme that we're seeing uh, in a lot of our conversations we're having with our members that now is the time, A, to reach out your customers and show them that you care, and then also to be creative during this time. And I know we've had some conversations and we appreciate Fast Sensor looping in the RSPA and taking the initiative to share with the RSPA what they're doing, which we encourage everyone to do. So John, if you're there, are you able to explain uh, to the group in terms of how Fast Sensor has kind of pivoted um, and is uh, bringing a solution to the, the market related to this COVID-19 crisis, if you're there? Hey, uh, Jim, thank you very much. We really appreciate um, the sure. conversations. Um, really great program today. I, I learned some things that I didn't know, so I appreciate all the feedback from the roundtable, um, and thanks for letting us participate. Um, kind of to address what you're talking about, we found ourselves in a pretty dire strait. Look, the, the COVID came, our whole world changed. Uh, we were driving ourselves with our, our AI sensor technology, behavioral analytics technology into retail and into events, and everything disappeared completely. We just wrote off the rest of the year with no revenue. Um, we were able to survive, and but through our conversations, we started looking at our technology and listening to the conversations, and we found a way to repurpose what we're doing and completely take a different stab at it. And now we're actually on a growth trajectory right now and probably gonna have a hard time even being able to take and keep up with it. So essentially getting very creative with the team, focusing on what else can we do, how can we survive, and can we help? And so we came up with something we call Adam, which is an, an opportunity to track social distancing. Uh, you can look it up on our webpage uh, at fastcensor.com, or you can look it up. I don't want to dive into the details here because that wasn't the forum. But it is really important to say that if you're having a hard time right now, reach out to your customers, reach out to your partners, and talk to them, and you will find something that can help you with your survival strategy and perhaps to give back at the same time, such as we did. So anyway, uh, thank you for, for asking the question, Jim. Sure. And uh, it's just interesting to see, again, this is a crisis 
uh, situation. And so you can wring your hands, you can crawl under your desk, or you can say, how can we help our customers? Like, what will they need in this uh, opportunity? And so uh, just interesting to see that, uh, that FastSensor uh, had, had done that. Um, all right, I see Kyle Utz, uh, also from WorldPay FIS, wanted to share something from a sales uh, standpoint. Uh, uh, Kyle, are you there? Hi, I'm Jim. Can you hear me? Yes. How you doing? Yes, go ahead, Kyle. Hey, good buddy. I'm smiling big. How are you? Wonderful. Uh, what would you like to share uh, with uh, awesome. the group? Uh, Jim, well, in regards to our pivoting in the sales and marketing approach, we're really keeping an ear to the ground and listening to the voice of the customer, and that is the integrated partner. As we've seen, each brand very different ways. As we look at restaurant, hospitality, retail, professional services, B2B, and even more specific impacts in the sub-verticals. So we've been taking a variety of approaches, very specific to you know, how to survive this pandemic and not fold the business. Number two is how to manage the industry shifts and pivot to servicing the new sales environment. And three, there are some that are capitalizing on the new environment. So trying to enable them to pivot and maximize the new sales environment. Got it. Thank you, Kyle. Appreciate you weighing in. We're just running short on time. Uh, if I can call on one more person uh, to see if we wrap up. Uh, Randy Gunter uh, from Spark Solutions Group, uh, headquartered in Salt Lake City, Utah. So, Randy, if you're there, uh, if you can share uh, what Spark is doing from a service standpoint, I know you guys are really strong from an operations standpoint and have a lot of procedures. I'm curious uh, how you've adjusted your business when I want to say the procedures are kind of out the window, but how do you build upon those? How have you adjusted on the fly, if you don't mind sharing, Randy? Randy, you there? I'm not. Can you? I'm not. Oh, oh, we can hear you. Okay, you can. Sorry. Um, can you repeat the question, Jim? I just wanted to see from a uh, service standpoint, you know, you guys have a lot of uh, procedures, best practices that you've built out. How have you and the team pivoted uh, kind of on a dime uh, during this crisis to, you know, build upon those processes or do you set them aside? And what kind of things are you doing to make sure you're taking care of your clients? Um, similar to what everybody else has been doing, um, just trying to reach out. We are, um, you know, calls have slowed down. Obviously, most of our restaurants are um, closed. The, the lucky ones that are able to do takeout um, are still uh, are still in business. Um, but really, we're just reaching out to customers and um, checking in, letting them know that we're here. Um, most of what we've been doing is pivoting people to online ordering or um, uh, helping them out in that arena. But that's kind of what we're doing right now. Got it. Great. Thank you. Yeah, there's no, no replacement for, for hopping on the phone and, and that personal service. So, Randy, appreciate you weighing in. And we're going to wrap up. But one more note, uh, Ben Williams just shared. 
Uh, he said, want to mention not overlooking updating a website. Uh, we found a lot of things to correct and improve and think about spring cleaning from your uh, digital standpoint. So that is true. Become a user of your website and see if there's anything that you need to change uh, from that standpoint. So, well, that's all the time that we have for today. We hope you enjoyed our discussion. Just before we go, a few quick reminders about the RSPA's COVID-19 services. Again, if you're an RSPA member, there's no charge to reach out to our legal counsels. Uh, Bob Goldberg at sfnr.com, bob.goldberg at sfnr.com. If you're an RSPA member, you can bounce your questions uh, off of him, phone and email conversations. Uh, he's been helping a lot of our partners uh, during this crisis. Also, make sure you take advantage of uh, GMS, which can provide, uh, you can outsource your human resources to them and make sure you stay on the straight and narrow, not just during COVID, uh, but afterwards. And then also from an RSPA standpoint, make sure you visit gorspa.org forward slash crisis hyphen resources to have access to the webinars that we've produced uh, in the past, the RSPA blog, Trusted Advisor podcast to catch our first two roundtables, uh, and then also our guides to VARs and ISVs and also for merchants to help them from a small business standpoint. Uh, and then finally, be sure that you subscribe to the RSP YouTube channel and the Trusted Advisor podcast so you never miss an episode. And we'd appreciate it if you'd rate us wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Before we go, big thanks again to the RSP community for sharing their wisdom throughout this crisis and especially today on this roundtable. Thanks also to RSP Marcom Manager for uh, Chris Arnold for his production work. Kathy Meter, the VP of Education, RSPA CEO John Kirk, Member Services, uh, member services Managers Ashley Nagy uh, and Michael Millard, who joined us on this call uh, as well. Also, thanks, Joseph McDade, for our music. And last but not least, thanks so much to you for listening. Our goal at the RSPA is to accelerate the success of our members in the point-of-sale ecosystem by providing knowledge and connections. For more information, please visit our website at gorspa.org. Thanks for listening and goodbye, everybody.